You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, fresh off a phenomenal day yesterday at the stadium, getting to meet so many of you for the MHH tailgate meet and greet. With me, my co-host and partner in crime, he is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we got a lot of news to get to, and we weren't able to really... Do a full gut reaction yesterday. So this will serve as both a yeah. gut reaction pod and an aftermath pod. But how are you feeling today, bro? What a weekend that was. I'm feeling pretty sunburnt, honestly, Chad. I look a little bit better with some color. Uh, we didn't get to do the pod because that rando on the golf cart wouldn't let us. We have to make up for yesterday. But I want to just echo what you said. Thank you to every single person for coming out. The turnout went better than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be amazing, but the the gen- the the passion you guys had to come out there and interact with us, take pictures, you know, sign things, have a drink, have something to eat. It was a blast with a capital B. I'm not exaggerating. I had loads of fun. Anyone who talked to me yesterday in person knows how much fun I was having. You guys made it possible. Then we went into the stadium and saw a dominating Broncos victory in the home opener 3-0. Great day yesterday, chat. I cannot wait to do it again. It really was fun. We'll keep talking about the meet and greet. I mean, we got, as, as the show goes on, we saw some of the superstars and, and community mavens making the trek from Hawaii. I mean, multiple people from Hawaii, like Dale, Kiaka. We had uh, another Dale Hendricks driving across the desert, dude, from Palm Springs to make it. We had Ron Dub making the trek from Georgia and everywhere in between, like Kansas. I bet we had half of the states in the union traveling for that meet and greet yesterday. It was really, really cool. So thanks to each and every one of you for for coming by and saying hi and hanging out for a while. It really meant a lot to us. But Zach, we got to get to some content really quick here, right off the top. So we obviously saw that unfortunate, one of the few like truly off-target passes that Teddy Bridgewater has thrown as a Bronco. Yeah. KJ comes down, clutching that knee. Sure enough, as has been their freaking luck so far early on this year, Zach. Torn ACL, and there could be more according to Fangio as well with the knee, but he's done for the year. This is now the third straight game in which a key player, a starter, has gone down either with a injury that requires injured reserve for a while or season ending. I mean, how much longer? It's it's almost like the Broncos – have been pl- have kind of been living on borrowed time a little bit because they beat the teams, Zach, that they're supposed to beat. You know, you tip your cap to them, even though they are a combined 0-9, the Broncos' opponents up to this point. But at the same time, how long can you keep that going when you're losing literally a starter, yeah. if not more, per week? Because we still don't know for sure what's up with Dalton Reisner or Graham Glasgow. How long can you continue whistling past this football graveyard? Not very long, and because especially now, Chad, the difficult portion of the schedule kicks in. This isn't uh, candy and rainbows anymore with the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. You have the Ravens coming up, the Steelers. You have Vegas coming up, the Chiefs coming up. This schedule is about to get more difficult, and the Broncos' medal, M-E-T-T-L-E, is about to get proven or disproven in the weeks to come. A couple things, though, about uh, K.J. Hamler's injury. 
again, I'm a, I'm a Teddy fan. He's impressed me a lot, but that was a hospital ball and a half from Teddy Bridgewater, and it wasn't the first one. I feel sorry for K.J. Hamler, though can we say now the guy is injury-prone? I hate using that label, Chad, but since he's been in the NFL, it's been one injury after another, and based on what Fangio said, there could be more stuff there. You worry about nerve damage, you worry about MCL, PCL, you know, name the CLs. There's a chance that uh, K.J. Hamler injured those ligaments or tendons, so I feel really bad for his prospects. And my third point is, I mentioned this yesterday while we were on, while we had time, do you think the Broncos even a little bit regret trading Trinity Benson, the star of summer, when the receiver depth looked good, but we said, Chad, they're a couple injuries away from having to line up uh, Deontay Spencer out there, which they did yesterday. You can weather the loss of Jerry Judy, but when Judy goes down, KJ Hamler goes down, and then Tim Patrick starting, what's behind Tim Patrick, though? Not a lot. So yeah. it's it's an unfortunate situation and a, a bad time for the Broncos to have a bad time once again. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Let's grab this super chat from Christian, who had also got, <clears throat> pardon me, gotten one in yesterday for our truncated gut reaction. So appreciate you, Christian. He says, even if Teddy continues to have a good season and leads us to the playoffs, do you still see the Broncos going after a quarterback like Malik Willis? Zach, if the Broncos make the playoffs with Teddy, I don't think the I don't think George Payton goes all in for a cue in the first round. I think he continues loading up. Uh, because that's going to kind of reinforce his belief that they've got a lot of the horses necessary. If they can just get a little luck with the uh, health thing, the injury bug, I don't know. I think the only way – this is just my gut. If the Broncos draft a quarterback in the first round in the spring, it's because they missed the playoffs. Yeah, that's the only scenario here. And I was talking about this yesterday. I can't remember who I was talking to. But, you know, the Broncos haven't made the playoffs in a half decade. And if Teddy is the guy that brings him back to relevancy, the number one thing that George Payton wants in a season where the head coach, Fangio, is on the hot seat, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is a 2022 quarterback. He's getting an extension, and that's that. I'm with you. The only way they draft a quarterback in round one is if Teddy, the experiment, falls off a cliff. And through three games, we can't say that's a possibility. But Andrew Brandt tweeted something similar. He goes, If Teddy and the Broncos are atop the AFC West now, how good are they going to be with Aaron Rodgers? Well, if they're atop the AFC West now, why are we talking about Aaron Rodgers? You know, why are we talking about Malik Willis? Let's focus on 2021 and celebrate the fact the Broncos were undefeated in September after not winning a game in September the last couple years. 
Pretty remarkable. Let's grab this from Rod TV. Thank you for getting in early with the super chat, my friend. He says, Fant, Noah Fant, should not be asked to block. It's clear Eric Saubert should be the guy. And does Fant look slower because he can't beat linebackers and safeties, gets tackled too easy? Hashtag 3-0. No, I mean, Zach, we were there seeing the twitch of Fant in person. And yeah. as someone who saw him work out in Indy, talked to Noah Fant, for during the combine, we were both there, seen him play in person multiple times. You know, I'm not talking watching on television, but watching him play. No, he just needs there just needs to be, I think, Zach, a little bit more of a emphasis on the part of Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater to feed yeah. him. And you know what? With KJ going down, Judy going down, you know, the Broncos playmakers are starting to get thin. But here's the thing: they're still deep. The problem is that um, that that versatility that we can attack you with different guys who are great at doing different things component is quickly evaporating. You've got two of the better X receivers in the league, fortunately, outside the numbers guys in Sutton and Patrick, and that's great. And that can serve you quite well, I think, for a long time. Uh, but eventually, you're going to miss that twitch, that speed, that's something that K.J. Hamler brought to the table, for example. That's how he created right. separation. Jerry Judy created separation by virtue of his elite route running. So no offense, if they make an emphasis, I think he could still be that guy, but you got to kind of force it to him a little bit, just a little bit. Again, I, I think it was – I don't want to put a name. I don't want to mischaracterize, but I was talking to someone at the tailgate yesterday, and it might have been Kiaka. I'm not totally sure – but they said put uh, uh, Noah Fant on the Packers, the Niners, uh, a team that uses their their tight ends create creatively and gets them involved as a central part of the game plan. The Chiefs, for example, with Travis Kelsey, he would be a perennial star every single year. Unfortunately, because of the glut of weapons in Denver, the receivers, the running backs, and even Albert O, who's getting in my for my money based on the the eye test here, just as much run as the primary pass-catching tight end is Noah Fant. Now, some of it, I, I, he, I wouldn't say he's slow, but he's definitely, like, thicker. He's not exactly a speed demon. I think he wins with power and brute force over the middle. He's a possession guy. Um, but they need to feature him more, and I think that's what's going to happen now. You're basically limited to Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Noah Fant as your big three. And when you have a talent, we've been saying this since he was drafted, when you have a talent like Noah Fant, you have to get him involved. The Lions, with Jared Goff, and Dan Campbell have made TJ Hawkinson a central part of their game plan every week. Now, they don't have a lot of other players to lean on, but that's not the point. You use a first-round pick on a tight end, you have to get that player involved and keep him involved. Hey, here we have Muhammad. Dude, we wish we could have seen you yesterday as well, but we know you were there with us in spirit, my friend. Next time. Next time. Thank you for the super chat, bro. He says, I wish I was there with you guys yesterday. It was nice to see everyone on the podcast. Hashtag CEO. Hashtag Dragon. Dude, don't worry, Muhammad. We'll see you on the next one. Trust. We did get to see Michaela Zach, the very <laughs> Duchess of wow. MHH. The community here was there. And was she kind of a rock star of the of the day, by the way? I mean, Michaela comes rolling in and all of a sudden it's everybody's like, oh, Duchess, Duchess. You could tell she's like, <laughs> Yo, what's going on here? Yeah. She's she's and then she's like, "All right, I can get used to this." Bow down. Appreciate you, Michaela. It was great seeing you yesterday, and it was great meeting you. A lot of cool pictures, guys. Hope you guys saw that on Twitter. More to come. 
I mean, it's just been a whirlwind couple of days, but uh, Michaela, it was great seeing Michaela. She's she's unbelievable. And we had royalty there. We had Michaela the Duchess and Christy the Queen. Yep. And Christy was telling us people were literally bowing down to her. So <laughs> our our listener base takes those titles very seriously and very well deserved for Michaela and Christy. BG, another awesome superstar. Wish we could have seen you yesterday. But hey, man, next time. We wish you could have been there t- as well. It was a lot of fun, buddy. Kathy Lund, good to see you. Thank you for that. She says, wish I could have joined you yesterday. Is the head of strength and conditioning the same as athletic trainer if so lauren landau's casualty list is long hashtag state of being now the trainers are the guys that run out there when when a guy goes down you know that's the vince garcia used to be the greek uh greek had an additional you know title that he held for a long long time but those are the trainers then on the coaching staff you have the strength and conditioning coach which is in fact lauren landau's act Yeah, I mean, this is a topic that a lot of Broncos fans now are broaching. I was perusing Reddit earlier, and after the K.J. Hamler injury, someone brought up, is it time we talk about the Broncos maybe altering their training program? Is it just bad luck? Is there something in the water in Dove Valley? Or is it a training regimen that's not really conducive to the Broncos' Uh, environment to the players. I mean, a lot of lower lower leg injuries, a lot of season-ending injuries, and way more than the norm, and way more than the norm under the reign of Lauren Landau. So two plus two equals. Indeed. Here we got Randy. Thank you for the stars, bro. Really, another fellow I wish we could have saw. Yes, seen saw. What's the correct tense there? Either way, I'm I'm a little bit tired today, gang. Wish we could have seen you yesterday, Randy, but uh, thank you for all your support, brother. says, have the excuses already started with Pat Shermer? Poor play calling again. I think you mean, obviously, Pat Shermer, not Pat Sertan. Um, Zach, what's your answer for Randy? Because I think it wasn't so much an issue of poor play calling, at least. I've only been able to watch the game once, and that was in person. And I had a pretty dang good view of the whole field. What I saw was a very underrated and much more talented than given credit for Jets defense that came to play yesterday i mean no that frick dude there is some talent on that jets defense from quinn williams to cj mosley and the and others man that hit cj mosley laid on melvin gordon ooh, the goal line ooh. i mean you could hear that crack all the way to colorado oh. springs yeah he was stoned on the one I, I, that was coming right at me too i was sitting in that end zone uh in the lower level and i thought for sure melvin was gonna score but that that who, who was it that laid him out there C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley, yeah, he was just uh, God. It was crazy. Uh, I, their their defense was pretty good. Quinn and Williams ate the lunch of the Broncos' offensive line, and their pass pro wasn't great. Their run blocking wasn't great. Um, but I thought the play calling was conducive to Teddy Bridgewater. This is a guy who's completing, I think, either almost 77% of his passes or 79% of his passes. That's number one in the NFL. You don't have to like Teddy Bridgewater, but you have to appreciate what the Broncos are trying to do. I've been preaching for years now, maximize the strength of your players and mask their weaknesses. That's exactly what Shermer is doing. I didn't see one really deep ball attempt yesterday beyond you know, 30, 40 yards, but that's okay. They were nickel and diming. They were taking body shots. And when you win 26 nothing at home in your home opener, you shut out the opposing team. I can't really pick too many nits with that. Yes, <clears throat> there's a lot more I want to talk about relative to Teddy uh, here in a minute. But as we grab Andrew here, I want to go through and let everybody know where we're at on the stars because we're running out of days in the month. We are at September 27th and we're 84% to our 
goal of 250,000 stars. When we reach that goal, I still maintain that optimistic confidence that it, it's a matter of course. We are going to raffle off, <clears throat> pardon me, a Justin Simmons jersey, and it's going to go to, all right, the people in the running for that raffle are those who contributed to the goal. And thankfully, Facebook helps us keep track of that. Uh, and here's your leaderboard. Here are the folks who are going to have the most tickets in the hat, starting with Michael Ronquillo down in Tucson, Arizona. What's good, buddy? Uh, Samisi Muti, thank you so much for everything. Uh, Randy Jones, love you, bro. Zeus McPeak, love you, bro. Wish we could have seen both of you guys. Joshua Shadow as well. Uh, and then Travis Weber, love you. Chris Hernandez, you the man. Gary Lee's Palmer, legendary. Shane Daniels, we got to see yesterday. Very cool to meet you, Shane. Good guy. <clears throat> Pardon me. And you know what was cool about Shane, Zach? We are about to call him onto the gut reaction, but the golf cart stadium authority cats were, were cramping our style, right? It was like, like acting like the fuzz. But Shane didn't necessarily know that. And so he's just chilling. He was thrown literally in our presence. Is, you know, reach out and touch him almost, not quite, but throwing down stars, supporting that stream, and he's right there in front of us. I mean, it was just really cool yeah. to see. So, And Pete Middleton there at number 10. We'll do the uh, YouTube update here in just a second. Uh, but Andrew says, couldn't have gone to couldn't have went to a better first game for me and my family. Uh, my little guys were going hard on the incomplete LOL. Well, I was a little starstruck at the game and meeting you guys, but man, we had a blast. Hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, dude, it was cool meeting you. I I was a little bit envious of those long freaking braids you got, dog. I wish I had hair <laughs> like that. I mean, that was that was legit, dude. So it was really nice to meet you. And uh yeah, next time come and hang for a little bit, kick back. You know, Chad, I'm not going to lie. Maybe you had the same reaction, but being in the stadium for the home opener and the first incomplete of the season, the first incomplete with fans in the stands at full capacity since 2019, I had goosebumps on both arms. It's I, Even thinking about it, I still have it. It was a great atmosphere. It was a raucous crowd. And Power Field was lit, to quote Vic Fangio. You know what else gave me, uh, oddly, it got me... Uh, goosebumps was their little uh defenders video thing they did with the avengers music yeah and uh it was like a little mini trailer where you know each of the broncos key defender guys vaughn simmons you name it certain that each one was like one of the avengers types it was pretty cool simon what's up bro good to see you thank you up there north of the 49th parallel proving and we learned we saw this in spades yesterday zach broncos country is not a geographic location it is a state of being. Simon says, hello all. Meet and greet looked like so much fun. Uh, was getting some serious F, some serious FOMO. Fear of missing out. Oh, thank you. I know all Lo about that. Love the 3-0 start. Go Broncos. Next time, Simon, you uh, hop on a, on a jet plane and come and see us, all right? Cross the border. Um, let me see here. I think there's one. From uh, BD right here. Whoops. Hold on. Got to grab him. Bradley. The bus another, driver. <laughs> another fellow we got to see. And by the way, I learned he's not a bus driver, bus driver. He's an Airbus pilot. This, you know, he just calls himself a bus driver. Either way. That's how he comes up to introduce himself. Yeah. Brad Dutton, bus driver. <laughs> yeah. Good, great guy. Well, his, that's his Twitter account, I think, too. So he's like making sure I knew who he was and really nice hanging out with you. He uh, lingered, which is good. We wanted you guys to hang yeah. out. You know, most most everyone that came by to say hi did hang out for a while, and Bradley was one of them. So very, very cool to meet you and get some pictures too, buddy. And thanks for sending those in. He says, thanks for the tailgate party, my priest. It was an honor to meet you in person. Hey, man, same here, brother. No doubt. It was ours. Honor Joshua was ours. Hickey. Good thing the Broncos love 
12 and 13 personnel, they can withstand some injuries, but it's going to make it very easy for teams to load the box. Is John Brown still Mm. a free agent? John Brown had some wheels. I'm not sure how much of that speed he still has, Zach, but it's still not quite the same thing as what K.J. Hamler brought to the table, but he is more of a proven vet. We can look into that. Wasn't his nickname Smoke? Because how how fast he ran. I mean, that's you have to replace KJ Hamler's skill set. You have two possession guys in Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. You need that burner. Trinity Benson was also a burner. That's why we said he was like a, a light version of KJ Hamler. I'm actually for that move. Even though the Broncos chat, according to KOA, did sign a receiver. I believe it was David Moore, if I'm not mistaken. So they added some depth there. John Brown, though, is a, is a receiver I can get behind. I see some other suggestions though. Uh, Josh Gordon, he got signed by Kansas City, by the way, so that's interesting. He's off the uh, market now. All Sean Jeffrey, someone put in there. That's not going to happen at all. He's he's way shot. I also saw uh, Benny Fowler, and that's a hard, hard, hard no for me. Definitely a hard no. Guys, half those names I just heard are ex-receiver guys. You've got two of the best ex-receivers in right. the game right now. Uh, Mama Muti in the house. Thank you so much. Love that. Appreciate you. you so much. Appreciate it. She doesn't like us going overboard, you know, too much on uh, our gratitude, but just know we really appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, All right. Let me see here. Um, I don't know if I have that. Actually, the one thing I forgot to do before we went live was queue up that document, Scott, FYI. I don't know if you have it handy, Um, but in the meantime, let me, uh, let me, let me vibe through here and check out the chat. Uh, for what it's worth, guys, Vic Fangio, basically, he, we didn't get any for sure information yet on Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasgow. Of course, that's Denver's starting guard uh, duo. <laughs> but he he says it's not looking like it's anything season-ending, but until we get those results back from, from whatever x-rays and MRIs are done on those two guys, you know, you're just kind of like holding your breath. You don't know you're walking on eggshells because the luck – Man, these last two years of injuries, it's just, I've never seen anything like it. I feel like somehow the last time the Broncos played um, like the Chargers in 2019, they caught that bug that the the Chargers were carrying or something. Like the contact was too close and now they can't shake it. By the way, Zach, here is the list of superstars. Who's in the top five? Now, the same thing. We're going to give away, we're going to raffle a Justin Simmons jersey. On to our Super Chat superstars, the top five finishers on Super Chat. That's a cumulative thing. Their names go in the hat. We randomly drop, boom, here's your Justin Simmons jersey. As you can see real quick, the top five are Michaela Parker, Chris Hernandez, Mark Langley, Zeus McPeak, and the Queen at number five. But look who is climbing there at the top. Shane Daniels has made some huge leaps. Uh, based Gase has climbed, Vincent Palowski has climbed, and then, of course, Christian De Jesus. So appreciate each and every one of you. Seth Harmon just outside the top five. Uh, BG, Naj, we got to see Naj. Naj was a trip, dude. I had to tell Naj as we were uh, uh, streaming live because he was just having a good old time. I was like, Naj, language, dude. I got the microphone on over here. And the uh, family show, right? And then – I turn around back to the conversation and I was literally about to go call him back over to have him come on and sit down for a second. And I'm like, where is he? And I say, where's Nash? He goes, I don't know. I think, he, I think he split. I'm like, 
Dang, dude, I was gonna bring Naj was a shot of life, man. He's he was a, he was an energetic cat. He was all the way turned up yesterday. He was on yep. eleven out of ten. <laughs> Love yep. you, Naj. So there you go, Kiaka nine, Casey Nickel ten, and Kiaka. It was really fun. I got to hang out with him. Super all cool day. guy. Super cool guy. Sat next to him in the game. I I ended up having an extra ticket. I'm like, you want to go? He's like, kidding me? Let's go. So we hung out. That was really fun. That was really fun. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen yet with Reisner or Graham Glasgow, Zach, but um, I got to tell you, I really liked what I saw from Muti yesterday, and I really liked what I saw from Quinn Miners, the rookie third-round pick who came in in Reisner's stead. You know, they were kind of struggling to get the ground game going early. Once I saw Quinn Miners out there, all of a sudden I started seeing him popping off some gains. So I'm in a cautiously optimistic holding pattern here if they do end up having to play both those young guys at guard or one of them i think they'll be okay it's the future for the broncos offensive line i mean moody was going to take over as a starter eventually for glasgow reisner though is a young player so you prefer him to be out there but getting minors the experience now cannot hurt his development it can only help it um, the term that Fangio used though, when he said not season ending, that's kind of ominous to me. I mean, that seems like it's going to be a multi-week injury potentially for both players. And like you said, that's two of the Broncos starting offensive linemen. And another point here, you talked about the Broncos injuries and the, in the rash that the injury bug is left behind. You, you jokingly said, maybe they caught something through osmosis with the chargers. Well, if we have to speculate like that, is it more than just speculation? Is it more than just coincidence? Is there something going on that's precipitating all these injuries? You have to at least ask the question. I mean, it's like you can you can drive yourself crazy going down that rabbit hole because on one hand, it's like, hey, you know, we're not huge believers in coincidence. Patterns get established, and more often than not, that pattern means something. At the same time, though, Zach, here's where you can start getting, you know, kind of crazy. It's football. People get hurt. It's, I mean, it's a common thing. It's hard to stay healthy in this league. But you're seeing guys go down, not for, oh, yeah, it looks like uh, they're doubtful for next week. No, season ending once again and straight to injured reserve. Hopefully we get them back in three or four weeks, something like that. I don't know. It's frustrating. I, You don't know how much – I'm not a sports medicine expert. I'm not a – you know, when it comes to how Lauren Landau trains relative to some of the other clubs out in the league, that information is actually quite zealously guarded. They Teams don't talk about it. It's like top secret information. I don't know, but I'm just sick of it, dude. Yeah, me too. At least the Broncos have depth to withstand the injuries. So that's, the, that's the only this positive spin we can put on that, chat is that George Payton stocked the cupboards enough so when the, the main meal was done, you had backups and you had dessert ready to go. Indeed. I like it. Nathan, what's up, buddy? Appreciate you being with us. He says, happy Victory Monday. Anyone else bitter that Justin Tucker broke the longest field goal record over former Broncos Prater 64, Elam 63? See, that's what uh, Kiaka and I, when it happened, uh, and it was showing it on the big screen in the stadium, we're like, oh, man, Prater. Prater owned that. Because I remember that Elam shared it with Dempsey, right? That kicker that had half a foot actually held the the all-time longest field goal for many decades until Jason Elam tied him, Prater beat him, and now Tucker. And it wasn't even at altitude, Zach. Yes. And Gary, thank you for the stars, bro. Shout out to you as well. Wish we could have seen you yesterday, my friend. But I know you had the procedure going on. Hope things are good on that front. I can't recall if you've had it yet or not, if you've undergone it yet. But 
prayers up. Hope everything's going good on that front. Well, he barely got the field goal. It hit the crossbar and bounced over. It's impressive from a football uh, point of view. But the bigger takeaway from that game, they were playing, Baltimore was one of the worst teams in the NFL in the Lions, and they had to eke past them with a last-second 68-yard field goal. Who do the Broncos play next week? Baltimore Ravens at home. So it's another beatable opponent for Denver. I don't think, yeah, I mean, the, the Ravens, I mean, the more I've watched them, the more I've studied them, they're much more beatable than I think. The zeitgeist that lives in the mind of fans of when you mentioned the Ravens, you know, big juggernaut offense, physical smash mouth defense. There's some of that still there, and it could pop off at any moment, but they've given up a lot of yards, dude. They've given up over a 1,000 yards passing in three games. So we'll put a pin in that for a second grab Christian, and then I want to grab this comment question from James Koch here. Uh, but Christian, what's up, buddy? He says, I'm going to be at Pittsburgh in the Cleveland games, my first away Bronco games, and two electric environments. Wish you two could attend hopefully one day. And, Zach, I see you with the guns yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Sun's out, guns out. And that's the first rule in the book of Kelberman. That's right. I, now these guns are uh, very, very burnt, and uh, they're on they're on IR for a few days. So <laughs> I appreciate you, Christian. Um, James says, not to sound harsh, but I don't think losing Hamler is that big of a deal. What the heck does he do? Five catches, 74 yards this year? That's terrible production for a starter. Bring in a vet. I'll tell you what he does. If you're going to measure this purely off of the box score, you're going to miss the mark, and you're going to miss why this is so important, James. It's so important because – the threat of what KJ Hamler can do gave the Broncos more options than they're going to have now. Defenses had to respect that. Defenses had to factor that in to what personnel's on the field, what formations they're going to run. Are we going to blitz? Are we going to press? Whatever. And, you know, Shermer hadn't quite figured out how to uh, fully exploit the weapon that KJ Hamler is, but with Teddy being big brain and, you know, it was only a matter of time. Also, you know, bring him next to him in the locker uh, locker room. That chemistry was really building. They were starting to really forge. I do think that had that freak injury not occurred yesterday, I think KJ Hamler would have gone on to really have some box score stats to write home about. But it's really it comes down to what it changes tactically for the Broncos that. Yeah, I think Hamler was more of a Drew Locke receiver. You know, the speedy guy to match the guy with the big arm, but they were forging chemistry. You saw the touchdown he dropped in week one. You also saw the touchdown he caught in the preseason, K.J. Hamler. So he was a game-breaker if used correctly, and and if you get him the ball, good things happen. I I said that to myself yesterday when he had a a, a nice gain. I can't remember if it was a a quick little pass over the middle that he turned into some yards, but you get the ball into K.J. Hamler's hands, and good things will happen. Unfortunately, they're not going to happen this season, and potentially longer than that if more uh, ligaments are involved in his injury. It's awful. Based case, we were looking for you yesterday, dude. We're like, any second, the next face that walks around the corner to the tent, it's going to be based case. We didn't see you. What, what's good, dude? Where, where were you, bro? We expected fully to see you. All I right. was looking for Adam Gase, so maybe that's why we didn't notice him. I was looking for those googly eyes, <laughs> you know, the tweaker eyes. Um Appreciate you, bro. He says, would it be worthwhile to trade for or sign a receiver? If so, who do you have in mind? And when's the next meet and greet? The draft? We're not sure yet on when the next meet and greet is, but there will be many, many, many more to come. That was a lot of work, Zach. It was uh, fun, 
but it was expensive and it was a lot of work. That doesn't mean we don't do it again. That We're definitely going to do it again. It's just that we have to make sure we coordinate it for the stars to align perfectly yeah. each time. So as to, it's not so much like a, you know, no one makes money yesterday doing what we did, right? This was all about just meeting everybody, having fun, going to the game, but it's about making sure that the stars align correctly for when we pick that. Maybe we'll do something at the draft. Where is the draft next year? Scott, do you know? Uh, Dallas? If it's it's, Green Bay? Oh, man. I forgot. Uh, BG, real quick. Is it Vegas or it was Vegas or is it Cleveland? I can't remember the last one. If it's Vegas, then we got a possibility for doing something, um, but we'll see. Uh, BG, real quick. Appreciate you, bro. He says, hot take this year's quarterback class will be worse than next year's. Yeah, this year's quarterback class, PFT, Pro Football Talk, had a piece on it today I read. Uh, yeah, the, the the 2021 quarterback class has not been equal to its opportunity. Justin Fields has struggled. Was he sacked nine times, I think? He was – yeah, that was a bad, what bad Sam game. Sam Hill is going on? He set an um, NFL record real quick, Chad. He was sacked yeah. more times and passes completed. Not a good look. Not a good look at all. But, yeah, we feel you on that. Andrew, been some crazy football so far. Anything can happen. It sucks for our injuries, luckily for our depth, uh, but let's beat them Ravens. Yeah, dude. I think the Broncos are going to surprise some people. I'll save my overall outlook on the Ravens game for late in the week. We're still kind of basking in the Jets game, but Zach, we haven't even had the chance yet to talk about some of the phenomenal. um, It is in Vegas, Scott says. Okay, so that's that's a possibility. That's a possibility. The draft next year. We'll see. Um, Von Miller, dude, like if there was ever, I know he got off to a hot start, three, three sacks in the first two games, but yesterday, just watching him play after play, play after play, that dude is, he doesn't look like age 32. He's not looking like, I'm trying to think, I think DeMarcus Ware was Von's age now when he showed up in Denver in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I got my ages right here. I'm telling you now, Vaughn is looking way more twitched up, way more just powerful and in the zone. And Ware had a great first year. That Those first two years, the second year he was a little bit more plagued by injuries and also his last year, the third year in Denver. But that first year he was quite available, very productive, Pro Bowl. Uh, Vaughn's looking like this could be the year, Zach. He ends up as Defensive Player of the Year if he can keep this cooking. And Claude, uh, we'll talk about the Steelers here in just a little bit, buddy. Yeah, I was sitting with the queen yesterday, and she actually made this observation to me. He, she goes, uh, watch Vaughn off the edge. I mean, he he's raring to go, you know, champing at the bit. And even not just in pass rushing, and I know the Jets' offensive line is nothing to write home about, but even in run support, he's flying around the field. I mean, we're seeing pre-2016 Von Miller out there at times. And that's not to gloat, but Chad and I kind of had a feeling we would, we would be getting that Von Miller back, and that's... It makes up for the loss of Bradley Chubb. Malik Reed had to sack as well, but when you have Vaughn playing Vaughn-type football, it makes the entire defense better. And Malik, dude, like I have been very unimpressed with Malik through the first two games. Watching him yesterday, that dude was playing like he was a man with a mission. Like he's going, hey, Bradley's out. Like I got a chance to really get out there because he's a restricted free agent this year was Malik, if I'm not mistaken. So he can he's going to be unrestricted. He has a chance to be the next Shaq Barrett. And the football fate served him up a freaking smorgasbord when it comes to opportunities. Contract year, playing opposite of Von Miller, 
playing next to Shelby Harris. Like, dude, if you can't go out there and produce and make some money for yourself a few months from now, like it ain't mean it's just not meant to be. But Zach, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Nice sack. I saw him. In fact, Kiaka and I, we were just like jumped out of our seats on this one play, dude, where he not only set the edge, forced that ball carrier inside and boom, made the tackle. No gain. I was really impressed by both edge defenders yesterday. He's not the most physically imposing player or the highest ceiling, but he's a, a, a workman-like player, a lunch pail type player. He shows up, he does his job, he's a good tackler, he can get after the quarterback. And by the way, Shelby Harris finally gets on the board in 2021, finally is starting to earn that money, yeah. Barely. I, I thought the entire defense played well. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Justin Sternod. He was flying around the formation. He was playing good in run support. He he is mitigating the loss of Josie Jewell, and you're seeing why he's going to be your uh, future starting inside linebacker. He finished it, Sternod, with four tackles. Uh, AJ, though, actually led the Great team. Great game. Five tackles. He was everywhere. All solo and two sacks for AJ. So love seeing that. Real quick. Zach, update on today's star senders. We're getting us much closer to the goal. Appreciate you guys so much. Randy really flexing out. Uh, Mama Muti really flexing out. Andrew Baker right up there. Appreciate you, brother. Claude right up there. Gary Leeds Palmer. David Wilder. David, it would have been really cool to have met you yesterday as well, my friend. Maybe next time. Howie freaking day in the house. What's up, buddy? Eddie Wright. James Grossman. Steve Lazuski, Lawrence Rivera. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you. We'll update today's stars and how the board finished in tonight's stream at the end of the show. But much love. Really appreciate you. I just want to point out about AJ, Chad. His first sack, it reminded me of Troy Palomalu because he was being blocked down low. He literally didn't uh, bite on it. He didn't get caught up in the block. He hopped over the blocker and just roared at the quarterback, Zach Wilson. So I was really impressed with AJ yesterday. I was too. And... You know what? I'd had my doubts about AJ and whether or not he was going to be able to kind of keep things seamless with the with the helmet, you know, with the receiver going into his helmet and calling the D and making sure everyone's in the right place. Man, they smothered the you know what out of the Jets. So good first guy, first game as that guy for AJ. Uh, let's grab Jason, Jasoni, Jasoni forever, and then I'm going to grab one from Lawrence here. Uh, on Facebook, but uh, appreciate that. That's a newer name on Super Chat, Zach. So welcome. welcome. Thank you very much. Stick around. Connect with us on Twitter. If Denver holds up the defense like it, like it is, and no injuries, they're going to be a problem for passing offenses. The secondary looks legit. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a few ticky tack things that you could. Uh, I shouldn't say ticky tack. There's a few plays the Jets were able to make yesterday, and one that Corey Davis just dropped. Uh, that you could pick a nit, you know, and uh, both from Sertan and Kyle Fuller. In fact, that's another situation where a couple of plays where Kiak and I looked at each other. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm, I haven't been very impressed with Kyle Fuller thus far in his uh, young Bronco career. Not a young player, but young in terms of his Broncos tenure. But yeah, that passing defense, man, when you've got Vaughn screaming off the edge and Draymond, he hasn't been able to get the sack yet. But when you've got that interior pressure, I mean, even Mike Purcell, he's the one that Shelby Harris owes for that sack that Shelby got. Yeah. That was thanks to Mike Purcell just crushing the inside of that pocket and forcing Zach Wilson to climb. Boom. Shelby was able to, to swoop him up. But it's a legit passing defense, Zach. 
and it's a legit defense overall. I, I really, I'm, I'm going to admit this now, when, when the Draymond Jones pick was made, I wasn't totally crazy about it, but at least this season, boy, was I wrong. He is an animal out there as a pass rusher, as a run defender. I mean, that guy is going to be a pro bowler sooner and not later. Can we give a shout out to the Caden Stearns though? Getting a nice yeah. interception yesterday on Zach yep. Wilson. Yep. I mean, that's the future. You're seeing the younger players step up and you're seeing the depth take hold. So that's a good position for the Broncos to be in. That's what you want to see. Uh, Lawrence, what's up, buddy? Uh, thank you for the stars. He goes, the Broncos better do something about Gordon. We're either going to have to cover them or we can have them on our team. But either way, we need Teddy some help. I'm talking about getting him a receiver. I mean, we can't. I don't think fans should panic too much. I mean, it is alarming the rate at which bodies are dropping here, Zach. But you still have Cortland Sutton. If you only had Cortland Sutton, right, and a bunch of kind of Jags, you still feel relatively okay that a big brain quarterback like Teddy, that's shown a surprise. I mean, in my opinion, anyway, surprising propensity to uh, improvise and make plays outside the pocket, took a couple of unnecessary hits, a little too. Lucy Goosey out there running and gunning outside the pocket yesterday where I'm like, ooh, I hope you get up from that. And then he pops right up and like, thank goodness. But they're going to be okay. You got Timmy P, Sutton, Fant, Okawebunam, and then we'll see what else they can come up with. All right? I don't think this uh, signing off of uh, today's signing more, I don't think that's the answer. That's a possibility of a role-playing contributor, but it's not the answer. And look who it is, Zach. The queen. The The queen. The queen. Bow down when she comes to your town. And she was there. She was in Denver yesterday. Uh, it was really great hanging out with her. We had her on uh, the gut reaction. And it, I was so pissed, dude, that we were getting sweated by the fuzz to hurry and uh, wrap <laughs> up. You know, we decided not to do it through a commercial means, meaning that we didn't go through uh, the stadium authority to get one of the commercial zones for our little tailgate meet and greet. We did it just right out in the tailgate. You know, we we're just chilling. I don't know if that would have affected the rules. We went for the permission versus for or forgiveness versus permission type, you know, approach with regard to our tailgate. But that was the downside risk. And it bit us at the end. Unfortunately, we had to only do 20 minutes or whatever that live gut reaction was. But the queen was there. And she said, I am totally exhausted from this weekend. It was such a great time meeting the MHH fam and all the supers and fans. You guys are amazing. Can't wait for the next tailgate. And I even said, on the, on the live gut reaction last night, Zach, I'm like, I don't know. What do you think, Christy? Should we do this again? And she's like, oh, no, we're doing this again. <laughs> so it shall be done. It shall. And you know what, Chad? Remember when we were podcasting at first and we had the superstars kind of waiting to in a little group in front of us? Mm-hmm. Everyone was congregating around Christy. Everyone wants the Queen's kind of dissertation and her thoughts on the team. So you're such a foundational and inspirational member of our community, Christy. We love you and we appreciate you so much. Uh, Melvin, thank you. Buddy, appreciate you. He says, life's been hectic. I'm stopping in to say, what's up? 3-0. Let's go, Broncos. Also, shout out to Ronnie. Got to see Ronnie and his wife yesterday hanging out at the meet and greet. Very nice to meet you and your wife, buddy. And appreciate the – he brought even more of these cool little placards and uh, bottle openers. And I strategically gave a few away to superstars that came by, but I held on to one or two um, just to remind you guys what these are. They're much, I mean, they're cool. I'm sure they look cool coming through this camera, but in person, I mean, this bottle opener and it's, you know, pick your era, pretty dope. So, and they're, and they're heavy too, which it's really nice quality. I like solid, solid. Thank you. Uh, based case, would you take a flyer on Denzel Mims? 
yeah, I would take a flyer, but he's he's been quite enigmatic in his young NFL career up to this point. So you can't hang your hat on it. A flyer? Maybe. But what's the story with Mims? He's a healthy scratch every week. So what are you going to do? You're going to try and trade for him. A second-round pick one year removed, right? Wasn't he early round two last year out of Baylor? I don't think the Jets are going to move off him. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think you said it best, though, Chad. When you have Cortland Sutton, and then him alone would be enough, but you add in Tim Patrick, you still have the running backs, you have Noah Fant, you have Albert O. I'm not giving up compensation for another receiver. You know, I would sign one off the street like the Broncos did with David Moore, but I'm not giving up capital for another receiver. Andrew with more stars. Appreciate you, bro. A star for the injury gods. I love Chad telling the stadium dudes to hold on while they're <laughs> finishing the pot. Yeah, pump, pump the brakes, fuzz. It was it was awkward timing for sure, but yeah, you made it also. It was lame, dude. It was lame, but we tried to make lemonade. All right, um, okay. We are at forty three minutes, and by the way, Diamond Rattler, I hope you know I was rocking that medallion, my necklace, and people were marveling at that in person because, I mean, it looks dope coming through a, a high definition camera, but in person you can see the beads and the leather on the back, the craftsmanship on that as well. People were stoked. They're like, where'd you get this? I'm like, dude, I, I flashed this on the pod before. It's from Diamond Rattler. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, yeah, maybe Diamond Rattler needs to go into business. In fact, Zach, maybe we need to partner with Diamond Rattler because those things are dope. Yes, they are. He has, sucks to say, but I think Hamler is just too small for the NFL. Dude is going to stay injury prone, and now with an ACL tear, his explosion is going to take a setback. You know, that might be true, but thankfully, uh, you know, modern medical technology has come really far where – just an ACL tear, you can come back from... I mean, look at Cortland Sutton. He's 100% now. He's like the Cortland Sutton of old. Um, you can come back from those. But if there's more to it, if there's, God forbid, nerve damage, which is worst-case scenario, if there's multiple ligaments, it could be where he's hindered going forward. It's a really, really bad break for a pretty good receiver. But it's has been his story, both in college and now to his career in the pros. By the way, Travis Weber says, if this is about Josh Gordon, I don't know why people are sweating over him. He hasn't been productive when he isn't suspended. Uh, well, he was early on in his career for what it's worth, but he's off the board from what we're hearing. This must have happened while we, as we've been going live or right before as we were getting things cooked up. But the Chiefs signed him? Is that what you said? Yeah, apparently. So, uh, I think it's still in the works, but he's going to Kansas City. I don't know what that move's about. They have a lot of weapons there, but that's it's good for Josh Gordon. He was a, a stud. His 2013, I think, was his breakout year with Cleveland, and that guy was just an all-world receiver. To shame that substance abuse and his off-the-field problems kind of derailed that. But, you know, I was asked on Twitter, should the Broncos make a play for him a couple days ago? And I said, for what? For him to play two games and then get suspended again? They don't need someone like that at all. It's a bad character fit. Michaela with another super wow. chat. This one, thank you. symbolic. 58-58, and she says, nice to see Vaughn ball out. Yes, it is. I'll tell you what, it's it feels like, you know, all is right in the universe when you see Vaughn out there in the orange and blue getting after it and stacking up. Because it wasn't just, hey, you want to see him get home, but what I've loved to see about Vaughn thus far, Zach, is those sacks and those impact plays are coming in the key moments, whether it's third down or whenever the Broncos need that stop. And, man. I just love seeing that. And if he continues on this track, he's going to be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to be in the running to finally be a sack champion in the NFL. And then George Payton's going to have no choice but to throw some more money at this cat. 
And, you know, to the previous uh, comment about KJ Hamler, it's so encouraging that Vaughn's ankle injury has not inhibited his explosion or his playmaking ability. Again, he's right there being pre-2016 Vaughn Miller, and it's so fortuitous for the Denver defense. Uh, Michael, appreciate you, bro. Really wish we could have seen you yesterday. We know one of these times we will get a chance to meet you, and we look forward to that. Uh, Savage Boy Kev on Twitch Guys, can we talk about this run defense? We haven't allowed a huge run play yet or a 100-yard rusher. This feels great. Whoa, yes, I indeed. Mean, I mean, for what it's worth, Zach, just to let everyone know, the uh, Jets' leading rusher on Sunday was Michael Carter, nine carries for 24 yards. The team, that is the Jets, finished with a total of 43 rush yards and just 162 net total yards. It's kind of my point I was going to make, though. I mean, he he was only the starter because Tevin Coleman sat out. Uh, last week against the Jaguars, they were down tra Travis Etienne, who was their starting running back. Before that, against the Giants, they were taking on a returning from ACL tear, Saquon Barkley, in his first game back. They haven't been tested yet on the ground. That won't happen until Pittsburgh. Najee Harris looks like the truth out there. He was their leading receiver yesterday, weirdly, in a weird loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even next week against the Ravens, Lamar Jackson might do some damage. He might put an end to that streak. But they have something called Tyson Williams as their starting running back after being decimated there. So they really haven't been tested as far as I'm concerned on the ground. Uh, Eugene, thank you, buddy. Good to see you. He says, look good out there, y'all. Sorry I missed you on the meet and greet. Say, uh, stay good, y'all boys. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, guys, it was really cool. So many people we saw, and if we weren't able to see you yesterday, just know we'll, there will be more swings at the plate. There will be. Um, the Queen jumping in to say, we will see how we hold up after this Ravens game. I hope they can come up with some creative plays and shape up in the red zone. They have to against this team. This is something I wrote about last night, Zach, when I got back from the stadium. Vic Fangio. Uh, I feel like our red zone defense or uh, offense is much improved over what it's been. Statistically, it's not coming out that way for what it's worth. I mean, the Broncos went two of five in the red zone yesterday. And one of the reasons for that was Javante Williams fumble yeah. right late in the game. But at the same time, the two that they were able to convert, one of those is thanks to Javante who had a nice toss, right? That he was able to, you know, Wiggle got a nice block from Andrew Beck and then kind of power through. So two and five or two for five in the red zone. Look, you can squeeze by with that, Zach, against the Jets at home. Thank you, Mark. Love you too, buddy. Uh, but against the truly elite teams that can score, you're going to find yourself playing catch up quick if you don't figure out yeah. how to be as productive when the field shrinks as you are between the 20s. I think there's a little overreaction, though, to the red zone woes. I mean, weren't the Jets chat in the green when we had the Thursday yeah, podcast? Dude, they for had a ton of green. For, for red zone defense. So, I mean, you have to give credit to the opponent, too. They get paid as well, and they just put up a good fight in the red zone, and it happens. But the Broncos do have to be more efficient. I think the play calling has to be a little less predictable when they get inside the 20s. And but when you have first and goal inside of the what the two yard line, you got to punch it in. You got to convert those to touchdowns and not rely on field goals. You can beat teams like the Jets that way. You're not going to beat teams like Kansas City that way. Most definitely. Um, okay, we are at 49 minutes, so we have to start. <laughs> Here's a good one from Bradley. We got to start winding her down. He says, "Game balls to Chad for handing out the goodies for Zach for his suntan, and I got to meet the Duchess and the Queen." He wishes Zeus would have been there. 
Yeah, it would have been cool. One of these days, we'll we'll get to uh, meet Zeus face to face. Appreciate you again, though, Brad. Very cool guy. Yes, indeed. Um, okay, let me see here real quick. I want to see if there's any topics on people's minds here. That also, Albert, great to see you and Michelle hanging out. They got to see Albert got to go to his first Bronco game. This is one of the most diehard Broncos fans under the sun, and so that was really cool. And he brought us these dope gifts, these dope awesome. gifts that you guys got to see yesterday. They're put away right now, but you saw them on the, we, we bragged about them in the pregame and during the, I, yeah, we, we flashed them on the gut reaction at the end. They were in back of us. We had Lance serving as our newfangled Vanna white or poor man, <laughs> like a impoverished man's Vanna white, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Showing them off. But uh, Albert says on the way home service is sketchy. Great to see y'all and nice tan Zach. Yes, indeed. You know, here's the thing that you got to remember about the mile high air. It's thin. Everyone knows that ball travels farther. But guess what? That th- that sun, it's a lot closer to you. It gets you. And um, you know what, though, Zach? You're gonna have a nice golden hue to your skin in about two or three days when that when that sun ta- or uh, sunburn kind of you know settles in. Yeah, Albert and I had to talk about this that it's either you know like paleish or just burnt, and I'm like a lobster right now. But I, I made the mistake, Chad, not only wearing a tank top but not putting sunscreen on. And once I did, I think it prevented a little more of what could yeah. have been. So. You you got some on about the time it was time to go to the game. Yeah, so that saved your bacon. And I, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't see any moles yet, so I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, you're all right. <laughs> uh, Travis Tarbox uh, saw some of the meet and greet. It was good to see Zach having the gun show. Sun's out, Thank guns you, out, baby. Sun's out, guns out. And the sun was out. I mean, it was 90 degrees at kick, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it was uh, it, it was, was a brutal. Hot, hot one, yeah. It was brutal. But uh, anyway, all right. Small price to pay, though, for a nice Broncos win. It I'll really was. Um, here is George. If you wouldn't mind grabbing this one really quick. Yeah. I, th- I think he's replying to something Flippant had said, but uh, grab this real quick. Absolutely. George chiming in. You guys don't realize that coverage happens the moment the quarterback throws, so it is very hard to know where they will be double or three defenders at Flippant. I, I think it's a comment to Flippant. I think they're going back and forth, Chad, uh, George, and Flippant about hospital balls and characterizing what that pass was. Again, you can be the the most ardent Teddy supporter. That was a bad pass. And sometimes bad passes get your receivers injured. And it happened yesterday. It was a freak kind of injury, but a very serious injury. And it was partly or largely, depending on your viewpoint, the result of an errant Teddy pass. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, Teddy, sometimes you can't be perfectly on target every single time. And I'm sure Teddy was... uh, you know, just the way that cookie crumbled, I'm sure he's he feels felt not too good about it. But you know what? This is before I forget about this. I touched on a little bit uh, after the game on the truncated gut reaction, but it was really cool. I spent a lot of time in between series, like when the Broncos offense would come off the field. If it wasn't with points on the board, Teddy Bridgewater was coming you know, onto that sideline hot, dude. Like. By that, I, I mean, uh, you know, intense, like miffed, like this ain't good enough, like, you know. And it was cool because you'd see guys just kind of like, all right, yeah, the sheriff's not happy. I say that. I know Peyton Manning's the sheriff, but, like, the boss isn't happy. It's it's like that. Like, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. If Teddy ain't happy, nobody's happy. And you could see guys kind of be like, all right, we got to step our game up. I don't know. It was just really cool to see how how Teddy comported himself on the sideline 
working guys, talking to guys as well. Yeah. He'd go sit on the bench, look at his cutups with Mike uh, Shula. Uh, Drew Locke was right there with him, literally the first person to greet Teddy Bridgewater every time he came off the field, for the most part, was Drew Locke. Really cool to see all that stuff. And, you know, uh, who knows? I don't think it'll play out for him in the best sense with the Broncos, but I think this experience, despite losing the uh, competitions act to Teddy Bridgewater, in the long run, what Teddy is seeing or what Drew is seeing from Teddy and what he's learning could end up having a really big impact on him if he's lucky enough to get another opportunity to to play in the league. Well, Teddy impressed me close up because anytime there was a, a good play, he went over a very uh, subtle, mellow approach, but, you know, dapped up his receivers when uh, K.J. Hamler got hurt, when Glasgow got hurt. He was on one knee. He was going out checking with them on them and uh, offering his support. So great, great leader, Chad. I'm never going to deny that at all about Teddy Bridgewater. All right, let me just uh... – Guys, it's we're at 54, 55 minutes. If there's anything burning you want us to get to, get to it now because we are about out of time. As I look at this box score here, Zach, at some of the uh, statistics, a couple other names I want to shout out here of people that stood out. Uh, we talked about Sutton and Patrick being about as good as it gets as ex-receivers in the league. Freaking Tim Patrick, man, literally – caught every target once again is this three for three i mean we know he didn't drop a ball last year right and that's impressive but to catch every single target that has come your way unless he didn't catch one of them from week one i'll have to go and look at his stats but this is two weeks in a row at least he caught every one of his targets last week zach it was four for four this week it was five for five and then he led the team with 98 receiving yards including that awesome go up and get it ball that went for 31 yeah. yards where, you know, Teddy probably shouldn't have thrown it, but he's just like, hey, I'm going to trust Timmy P. And Timmy P went up in traffic and pulled her down. I was going to say some of the catches he made yesterday were contested, and that's what's more impressive. It's easy to catch a wide open pass, but when you go out there and you moss a defensive back, that's where uh, you get my credit. Some of us have been pounding the Tim Patrick drum for quite a while now. The guy is the most. You especially, Zach. You've, you've had definitely a thing. By the way, he's 12. 13 targets, 12 uh, receptions. So he's only not caught one of the balls that's gone his way. He's incredible. I mean, the guy is the most underrated receiver in the entire league. That's as far as I'm concerned. Um, okay. Let me see here. A um, couple other names I want to throw out here. You know what? It sucks that he punctuated a game in which he got his first NFL touchdown with a freaking fumble and a goal line one to boot. But I was impressed watching Javante, how hard he had to run. I'm telling you guys. That is a very good, underrated Jets defense, and they made that offensive line, they made those backs work for every square inch that they got. I mean, just that hit that we already talked about it, but the hit that C.J. Mose, I mean, Melvin Gordon thought he was scoring. Boom. Everyone did. I mean, yeah, it looked like he was walking in. Boom, all of a sudden, like he hit a brick wall. That's a good defense, guys. That's a good defense. And watching it live and seeing it from a little bit of, you know, more of a bird's eye view anyway than you would see on the television broadcast. I don't think, and maybe the, you know, the charting of the game would tell this differently because it's not like I was paying that close of attention to how much they may or may not have been loading the box, but it seemed like the jets were a lot more respectful of the past this time around. And yet still the Broncos had a hard time moving the ball. So, I mean, on the ground they finished. I mean, you had Gordon 18 carries. He got to 61 yards. He got his touchdown. But it took him 18 totes, Zach, to get to 61 yards. 
hard running. I mean, Gordon and Williams, other than Williams' fumble, those two guys are doing what they're being asked to do and then some. It's the offensive line that really needs to start getting some push. Yes, I totally agree with that. I mean, the the running backs, I think Melvin's averaging, what, 3.7 yards per carry? That's who Melvin Gordon is. I'm sorry, that 70-yard touchdown was a mirage. That's not a sign of things to come. Pookie's getting his legs under him. He's still also splitting carries. That's the bad thing about having a timeshare. It takes the momentum away from one running back from getting into a groove. But you're spot on, Chad. The interior O-line, especially uh, Glasgow, Reisner in particular, and Cushenberry, they've been getting uh, eaten up and swallowed whole by opposing defensive lines. They've had a tough three weeks. They've played inferior teams, but these inferior teams, one of their biggest strengths collectively has been the front seven. So it, it's it's not going to get any, any easier against Baltimore, but they have to step up. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. I hate to say that about an injury, but Moody coming in, uh, uh, Quinn Miners coming in, Cushenberry kind of holding his own. Maybe we'll see some more push, and we'll see the running game start to take off. All right, guys, uh, before we get out of here, just want to say thanks to each and every person uh, that's been with us tonight in the chat, each and every one of you that came and said hi at the meet and greet, and especially – Hats off to those of you that made true, sincere, real sacrifices to be there yesterday. I mean, it's so humbling to see how many people, Zach, paid good money to hop on an airplane, you know, come find a ticket because if you're going to be there, you're going to get a ticket to go to the game. But to come see us. I mean, we had multiple superstars travel from afar who didn't even buy tickets to the game because they couldn't afford it. They just came to see us. And that's a couple of them. I made sure they got in the game. I'm not going to say names and try and flex anybody or try and make myself seem like I'm flexing over it. But the three that I know in particular who came just to see us, but didn't wasn't able to get tickets or weren't in a position to get tickets, made sure we got them through the door. And that's just a small thing that we can do to say, thank you for everything you guys do for us. It was so cool seeing everybody, Zach. And as we uh, say goodbye for tonight, anyway, here's, uh, another thank you to our supporters, both on YouTube and Facebook this evening, from Christian, Muhammad, Kathy, uh, Lawrence, Michaela, BG, Andrew Baker, Simon, Eddie, Randy, Mama Muti, David Wilder, Gary Leeds Palmer, Joshua Hickey, Christian, Jess. Did we get Jess? I think we did get Jess. Andrew Baker again, Nathan, uh, Based Gaze, Claude Riley, Steve Lazuski, Jason. Jasoni, I still need to know how to say your name, my friend. Base case again, Melvin Paulson, The Queen, uh, Eugene, Michaela again, Mark, James Grossman, and Mark Johnson. Mark, dude, where were you, bro? I was looking for you. I was looking for you yesterday. I kept expecting to see you, but I could have swore you told me you were coming to the game, dude, or to the meet and greet. I mean, where were you, my dog? DM me on Facebook. Hope everything's cool. But, Zach, that's got to do it for tonight. we got to dip on out. Much love to everybody. We're off tomorrow, and we need it. <laughs> we need tomorrow <laughs> off. So uh, we'll be back Wednesday, though, and see what's cooking for the Ravens game. Hey, guys, by the time we get back on Wednesday, we'll turn our attention to Baltimore, but enjoy the victory. You can never poo-poo a, a blowout, I would say, uh, home shutout victory in the home opener against any team. So enjoy the victory. Enjoy 3-0. and Enjoy the Broncos being atop the AFC West right now after Kansas City lost two in a row. So we'll be back on uh, Wednesday night. Thank you, Jess, for the comment. And get me. It's a great comment. I here's don't know. What, here's what he said real quick. Sorry, Jess. Thanks for letting us know we didn't quite get it. He said, I'm excited, but I still have PTSD from the 9 Broncos, who got out to, of course, a 6-0 and start under Josh McDaniels and Kyle Orton, only to crumble with a plum. So, yeah, 
don't worry too much about that yet. I don't think Teddy is that guy, and I don't think Vic, for all his battle wounds now, is that guy. We'll have to see, though, when they face a, a more quality opponent. That could happen as soon as this Sunday against Baltimore. But this was the Huddle Up Podcast, guys. We're back on Wednesday night. In the meantime, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, and so much more. Also, if you haven't already, if you didn't get any at the tent yesterday, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a dad hat, football priest hat, Mile High Huddle shirt that Chad is rocking. Brand new. Chad says it's very comfortable. Fits really nicely. Showing it off. Go get one today. Hot off the presses. If you haven't already, also go to Facebook.com slash MyLiHuddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter today. Instant access to our VIP content. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone. Thank you for everyone tuning into those shows. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for your chance to win some swag each and every month, including possibly the shirt that Chad is wearing. But if you can't do any of those things, do these three things that make a huge difference for us, the biggest difference for us. Subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. We're out, though, for tomorrow night, unless you have anything else to add, Chad. Nope. We're out for tomorrow, or we're out until uh, Wednesday night. Be sure to follow uh, the, the pod down Twitter. Also, Broncos for breakfast tomorrow morning, I'm pretty sure, be, uh, and building the Broncos tomorrow night. So until we see you guys next time, they'll take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.